0: Thank uh-huh. you. of the future. They've been providing a means for new and budding writers to have a chance for the creative efforts to be seen and acknowledged. Welcome to Chatting with Sherry. Today we chat with author Scott Knoll. He is a writer, a author, a publisher, an editor. He has a magazine called Dreamforge Magazine and we have a very fun discussion. Here's Scott. Hi, Scott. Welcome back to the show.
1: Hi, Sherry. It's really great to be back to the show. How are you doing?
0: I'm fine. How are you? How's everything over there?
1: Oh, things are great. We're all healthy. Um, Obviously, we've been through the COVID year with everyone else, but uh, so far we haven't gotten fit.
0: That's good. Um, Have you had a... I know (laughs) nobody had a good year, but how was your year altogether?
1: It was a very challenging year last year. Uh, As you know, we we publish uh, Dreamforge uh, magazine, and uh, we've been doing that for uh, a couple of years now. But last year really kind of hit us hard. Um, It was the COVID year. Subscriptions were down. But um, one of the things that really killed us was uh, the post office, not blaming the post office, but just what happened there uh, as far as delivery times. Like, we put out our last issue on December 7th, and it's still in some cases being delivered and in some cases not and and uh, so it was a really challenging year and that's led to some changes for us in, in 2021 which I'll be glad to talk to you about. Cool. Um,
0: yeah, I, I know everybody has to adjust right now because, not just because of like down um, lockdowns and all that, but just structurally within the world. Because um, you know, even if you are able to go out, which we're not yet, um, unless you're an essential worker, um, you, you still have to, you have to stay six feet away, you have to wear your mask, you have to, if you're going, you have to be an outdoor event or an outdoor restaurant. It's like, it's very weird.
1: <laughs> oh, yes, it's, it's, it's been, we, we run a, like our day job is a small web development company, mm-hmm. and that last year was really hard on us there. So one of the things that affected Dreamforge, for instance, was just my wife and I having to turn more of our attention back to our day business as well. So, you know, there's that, there, there's financial issues, postal issues, that sort of thing. So so one of the things happening with Dreamforge this year is we're going to do less printing. We're, we're possibly still going to do some through uh, Kindle, a uh, direct uh, print. But uh, mostly we're going to be online, and we're going to have a slightly different focus this year than than we we have the last couple of years.
0: Is it it harder to do it? Not harder, but is it different doing an online structure than doing a printing structure?
1: Uh, We were actually well prepared for that because when we were doing the print, we also had the online uh, going for us. So, So we were kind of used to laying out the magazine and putting it in an online reading portal and now we just have to leverage that more. Um, people really you know loved our, our print stuff but now we have to kind of say you know let' let's move you over here a little bit you know it's where we're online and, and you can still you know read stories we can still do it over here um, in our, in our reading portal um, so so it is different but luckily that's not my job. Uh, my wife has to deal with that
0: uh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so
1: she she's the layout artist. Well, she's the layout artist both for the print and and for online. But that's really her area of expertise. And I get in trouble when I play with it too much because uh, she says, you know, you're the you're the writer, you're you're the editor. It's like you know that world. Stop playing with graphics and stop choosing
0: fonts. And oh. Don't it. <laughs> and <don't pay> <laughs> oh wow. Okay. <laughs> well,
1: but so we work together, we we my, my wife and I we've been married now, I think this is like our twenty first year this year and, and we've we've um, worked together every day since before we were married. So we met when we were making computer games and and we've we're together almost twenty four hours a day. It's it's very rare that that you know, we're not in the same building or in the same space oftentimes and one of the joys of our marriage is we just collaborate very, very well. So so when she says things like that, it's all really lovingly. Right?
0: Oh, well, congratulations on your twenty-first anniversary. Thank you. That's good. In this world, that's really good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we we don't we don't see going anywhere. <laughs> we we have a lot of fun together. We you know we uh, like I said we do everything together.
0: That's nice. Um, how did I never asked you when the last time you were on? How did you guys meet?
1: Oh. Um, We met in computer games. We worked, and actually this is where a magazine gets its name. We worked for a company uh, called Dreamforge Entertainment uh, that made computer games in the early to, uh, well, actually through the decade of the 1990s. Um, And uh, she was an artist, uh, and then she became an art lead and moved up to project manager. I got hired at the same business and came in as a writer at first. But the really cool thing about working for any, anything that's growing and is brand new is they, they basically need you to do different things. So they, they said, well, if you're writing, can you um, go direct the voice actors you're writing for? It? It's like, yeah, sure. Okay, well, you did that. You actually managed that. Can you, can you uh, manage a project? Can you be an associate producer? And it's like, yeah, I think I can. You know, and, and you just keep moving up. So um, my wife and I came into that from slightly different areas, but there was obviously a lot of time for us to work together and cooperate and help you know, build these projects and by the time we both moved up to, you know, project managers on the same level, uh, you know, like by that point we pretty much had a relationship and it's like, look, you know, do you want to get married? <laughs> actually, actually, uh, you know, I hope my, you were
0: more wife, romantic than that.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> well, let's put it this way. Um, my, my wife was a very dedicated professional woman and still is, but um, she, she basically, um, uh, I proposed and she turned me down something like six or seven times. The last time I had to do it is an engraved plaque. So so I have an engraved plaque that's on our shelf that basically says, Will you marry me? and and that was the time she, she accepted. Because you know, we were gonna be together anyway. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't that much of a it wasn't that much of a stretch. She she just had to wrap her head around it.
0: That's funny. I kinda of reminds there was this old T V series called um, a fine romance with um Judy Dench and her husband, Michael uh Collins. I I can't remember his last name, very talented actor. And uh at the very last episode, uh, he he wants to show her how much he loves her. So he has a little um piece of soil with flowers that spells out I love you Except the, when he turns it, it... When he foresee it, when he's carrying it in, you see the L, but when he turns around, the L's gone. So it says, I of you. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, do you really love me? <laughs> 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 That's wonderful. It was really sweet. It was a really sweet show. Um, you could, you could kind of tell that they were married because of the chemistry. You, it, it Sometimes sometimes people that are married Don't have chemistry And sometimes people who are married Have a lot of chemistry And they had a lot of chemistry <laughs>
1: Well, I, I like to think we have some, something going here Because we've, in, in all the time we've been together We've never had like a serious fight um, Wow we get, in a, we get in arguments And we don't agree on things And, and um, yeah, I think the worst, worst thing I ever did that my wife will still remember Is I threw away one of her favorite flower pots early in the marriage because it was in the basement and it's like I don't know what why this is here and then later on it was Where's my flower pot? And it's like, Oh crap <laughs> So that, that represents that represents the 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 depth of, of, of our conflict.
0: <laughs> don't throw away her flower pot. Very I got simple. It. I got it <laughs> <laughs> It kind of fits into the show with the I of you <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just love that. Um, so, w- and what inspired you guys to start your magazine?
1: Well, uh, one of the things that was happening uh, in 2017 was um, in our day job business, we, we were, you know, getting to the point where kind of the younger generation or people that we'd hired were, were dealing pretty well with that. And we thought we might have a little bit of time to step back and do a creative project. Or, you know, still working, but do a creative project on the side. And um, that became, you know, my answer to that was let's let's do a magazine together. And we have no publishing experience whatsoever, but we have have friends and we have skills. Um, uh, one of our friends is Jane Lindskold, She's an author of some 20 or 30 um, uh, fantasy and science fiction books. And we've known her since computer days because we did a ga- game. Uh, called master with her and Roger Zelazny. And um, we've been corresponding with her ever since, and we've become good, good family friends. And we said, well, we can turn to Jane, we can get some idea of how publishing works and, and that sort of thing. And then we have artist friends, and we could turn to them, and we could say we can talk to them about how illustration works. And we have printer friends, so we, you know, we could talk to them. So we were basically calling on all the networking that we've done over decades and decades to try to bring expertise in, into the idea of publishing a magazine. And uh, then toward the end of 2017, uh, I actually saw uh, uh, the show Black Mirror. I'm sure a lot of your listeners are familiar with that. It's a very good science fiction show. And toward the end of 2017, they did an episode called Metalhead. Um, I believe that's what it was called, which was about these little, these robot dogs that essentially had been developed and they were going around killing the last of humanity. So they, they were like combat robot dogs. And it was like humans had finally invented robots. The, kind of like Terminator, we're where just ending the species. And it was done in black and white and it was brilliantly done. It, you know, I got up from that and I stood up and I said, that was absolutely brilliant. And that's not what's going to happen to humanity. <laughs> Please.
0: <laughs> I hope <laughs> so, not.
1: <laughs> so I said, that's, that's, that's basically our magazine. Our magazine isn't just science fiction and fantasy. Our magazine is um, promoting a hopeful aspect. And I've always been a Star Trek fan. So so I'm with Gene Roddenberry's idea of um, uh, the human adventure is just beginning. And I, I truly believe that, and I believe there's evidence to, to show that. And, yeah, there, there are problems. And, yes, we're going through a horrible, you know, COVID crisis right now, and all sorts of terrible political things are happening. But, you know, that's what people get through. That's what that, Those are the challenges that they have to take on to, to get to the next step. Um, and, uh, you know, I think Star Trek would easily show that in, in the the way that show developed and the themes that they've gone through. And that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to basically publish stories that showed either, you know, not necessarily the, the hero quest where the hero always, you know, defeats the bad guy, but the idea of, of people coming together to overcome challenges and communities coming together to overcome challenges. And communities being inclusive and and um, you know that that you know that's the future of humanity. And even when you talk about fantasy we felt we could show the same things as fantasy, because fantasy really, if you're talking about magic or fantasy environments, fantasy is just its own kind of technology, and fantasy communities are just their own kind of community that have to deal with the same problems that we deal with. So, so we felt we could bring all that together, and, and uh, you know that would be the, the theme and the heart of, of our magazine. And then we would just you know, be able to have fun with um, doing, we wanted it to be a full-color magazine, a print magazine, with lavish illustration and uh, we managed to, uh, you know, uh, thankfully get through um, seven wonderful issues with the seventh issue actually being our biggest and one of our best. It, uh, um, not just our seventh issue, but last year we had 20 stories make it onto Tangent Online Recommended Reading List.
0: Wow. Um,
1: you know, so, uh, and we had one, one of our stories. Uh, the Weight of Mountains by Elvin and Coulter be a finalist in the WSFA Small Press Awards. Mm-hmm. So we kind of, you know, knew we were doing something that, that was decent and um, that, that, you know, people appreciated. Um, the, only, uh, the only problem we had was nobody anticipated a worldwide <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> yeah. That, that would cause cause enormous uh, financial disruption and, and, you know, that kind of thing. So um, that's, that's kind of where our magazine came from and where it's, where it's going to, we didn't want to, just because we had, you know, uh, issues uh, you know with the pandemic and publishing and mailing and all that kind of stuff, we didn't just want to shut things down and say, well, that was a nice adventure and, and we managed to do seven issues we wanted to at least take what we'd learned and, and put it together in a useful fashion and so, this year we're doing online what we call Dreamforge Anvil which is going to be still publishing great stories, but also going behind the scenes to uh, look at how those stories were developed and to publish articles that help uh, people with their writing craft, how to tell a good story, um, you know, what things that they may have uh, have weaknesses they have or, or the things that they may do in their stories that, you know, make editors crazy. Um, because we've had experience with that. We've, we've read well over 1,000, 1,500 manuscripts, you know, our team and myself, and, and by the end there, we were, we, we have you know kind of mental checklists on oh here's another problem with exposition or here's another problem with you know uh, character development or here's another problem with the hook at the beginning of the story, so we kind of think we have something that we can teach people. there are lots of mentors and resources out there. I'm not saying we're we're the best or the, the most brilliant, but I think we have something to contribute so so we're trying to do that through, through for example this year I think
0: that's great. I actually really like that you um believe in the gene roddenberry kind of science fiction it's so hard to get that kind to buy a book that has that kind of positive hopeful yeah there's trouble in having a drama because most of it's drama but still have a positive outcome at the end of the book um it's not out there that much
1: well it's it's basically harder to do um uh it's, it's pretty easy to write tragedy and have everybody die at the end. Um, well, I shouldn't say it's that easy, but, but it's basically, I think, easier than, than seeing how the obstacle is overcome in a, in a realistic fashion and, and, you know, that sort of thing. And so I think it's a, it's a bit harder to do, and I think for people's brains tend to not want to work in that direction. Um, you know, we have human brains that have been developing, you know, way back from 100,000 years ago that basically are... are more concerned about you know is, is there a lion over there and how how is how is this going to kill me than how am I going to succeed and, and do things better so so it's a natural human tendency to um, to want to read about the, the dark things and the dark side and and uh, how how we're all going to die horribly in the apocalypse rather than how we're going to you know make things go forward but I, I think there's room for all of that I'm certainly not I'm certainly you know a fan of horror and. Apocalyptic movies and 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 you know even the Walking Dead and things like that. It's just basically you just pick what your theme is going to be. And I really believe that, that aside from the fun of of some you know uh, dark thinking, I, I think that the path of humanity is, is is a bright one.
0: It's funny because you made me think of something. The most romantic story that Shakespeare ever wrote was Romeo and Juliet, right? <laughs>
1: The one where everybody dies.
0: Yes! <laughs> Except for one person, everybody dies. Everybody. Very romantic. <laughs> yeah. I I didn't know that when I was a teenager. I just had seen the, you know, little bits. I hadn't actually seen the whole play. Um, the you know the balcony scene and stuff like that and and when I actually saw the play I think my mouth fell
1: open. <laughs> <laughs> well everybody you know there's the thing where everybody dies and the monster gets you those are all very really fun so you know not not trying to to knock the fun of that I think one of the one of the reactions I had when we started *DreamForge*, especially like watching that that episode of, of um, *Black Mirror* that I mentioned, is basically it's like, okay, but it's fun, yes, but I think people are actually believing this now. It's like we should say we should say something different. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when he wrote that the plague was going on, so I can kind of understand where he was coming from, but. <laughs> <laughs> but now you know we we have COVID and it's horrible and it's horrible things have been happening. But there's oh there's some good stuff too. I mean there's a glimmer of hope on the horizon. Um, we're actually talking yeah. to each other, which is a good thing. Well,
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. There are amazing things happening, even with even with COVID. You may have you know listeners who don't believe in vaccines and all that and i have friends who don't and, and that's all fine but but just as a, a civilization thing um the world has come together in less than a year uh because it did take worldwide cooperation and you know to develop some of these vaccines and has come together to put together an answer in less than a year that you know is, is hopefully going to save many many lives and um you, know, you have things like that going on you have Uh, Elon Musk basically getting his rockets ready to go to Mars Um, you have a a rover on Mars right now that's looking for uh, signs of ancient life Um, you know there are just so many amazing things going on lots of times people don't realize some of the the trends either but if you just go back to the 1800s um, you would have had a world in which maybe 12 or 14% of the world was literate and everyone else was illiterate now it's what, and you have a world in which you know most of the world is literate and connected online through a global um, uh, networking system we call the internet, and only 12 to 14 percent illiterate. You know, and, and that's changing. You know, I was born into a world—I I can't remember the exact number, but I think it might have been five billion people. Now we're seven, approach seven point eight, approaching eight billion. But uh, starvation has actually gone down. Um, extreme poverty has actually gone down. So we've made progress in the face of, you know, an overwhelming growth and need for additional resources. So there, there are lots of things happening, people, you know, it, it, and it is tough. If you're, You know, oftentimes, you know, I'll, I'll understand that when I say things like that, people say, you know, but, but there are people who are really suffering, you know, immigrants who are really having a hard time and escaping horrible conditions and, and um, you know, people in foreign countries where women still don't have, and, you know, LGBTQ per- LGBT per- persecution, you know, in some countries and, and even having trouble here in the U.S., and those things are all true, and those things are, all have to be addressed and, and real energy put to them and real communities come together to solve them. Um, so I don't want to minimize those and say, everything's just rosy. No,
0: it isn't,
1: I yeah. Do, <laughs> I, do think I do think if you step back far enough you can, as, as a civilization, as a world, um, you can see some actual uh, trends for the better.
0: It's weird how waves of prejudice change. Um, it, it. I was hoping we were going in a positive way, but the now it was we, we've been going through a really negative patch for a. It was a huge surge of prejudice. So I'm hoping that the next surge will be backwards, uh, pushing back the prejudice again. That. You know, maybe seeing that it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, powerful or not powerful. Uh, wherever you are in the world, anybody could get this disease. We're on one planet, we're all related, and we anybody can get it.
1: Absolutely.
0: And I'm hoping that people will grow up from that.
1: <laughs> some will, and it's just a question of whether those some who grow up start, you know, use their use their knowledge to get into positions of leadership and, and helping their communities and, and that sort of thing. It's, it's really when a lot of us get complacent and just say, well, it doesn't really matter who's mayor, it doesn't matter who's on the school board, it doesn't matter who's president. It's like, those things do matter, and people need to, you know, put their energies into, you know, doing that in a way that benefits the communities and helps, other, helps uh, people as well.
0: I agree. It's really funny, you were talking about space, I was was watching, um, it was about the Mars mission, and they were talking about the ISS, the International Space Station, and uh, they were talking about that with uh, SpaceX they won't be having to use uh, the Russian Soyuz that much. But he said, no matter what's going on down here, up there, We deal very well, the Russians and the Americans and all the people from Europe and everybody else who comes on to the space station, we get on wonderfully. There is no rivalry, there is no nastiness, it's just we have a mission and focus on the mission and everybody gets along. I wish we could take that and bring it back down to the planet, that same attitude, (laughs) Well, it's just, it's just a, you know, uh,
1: I think we've made tremendous progress in, in that sort of thing, but it's just a long, long time for, uh, I think a lot of our technology and our civilization has outstripped just our physical existence. It's just like we have bodies that were built, you know, 100,000 or a million years ago and, and brains built to adapt to the environment in a certain way. And we're just going to be human. And, um, you know, I think we have to realize that those, those tendencies for rivalry and conflict and, and all that—that—that—that that, that, that is just that—that that, those were survival mechanisms. That—that that, you know, that's how we survived back when there was no technology and there was no civilization, and and how we came together as tribes to to protect ourselves. And and even when we get into these modes, it's like you know, well, I'm a Republican and I must hate you because you're a Democrat and I'm a Democrat and I must hate you as a Republican. And and those those are really just triggers of ancient mechanisms that that are that are tribal. And, you know, the more we can become aware of the fact that that's just kind of your your body not having caught up with the 21st century and your, your 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 brain still, you know, going back to some ancient patterns, it's like, you know, give people a break.
0: And the thing is, is we made it all up. I mean, oh, yeah. it's, it, it's something that it's not in stone. We did it. We made this
1: whole...
0: I mean, remember, Democrats and Republicans... Are rather new. <laughs> In the old days of the country, there were different parties. It's uh, <laughs> I
1: mean, oh, and, and I'm, old, I'm old enough to I'm old enough and, and you know no matter I'm old enough to know that like the Republican Party today isn't the Republican Party it was when exactly. I was younger. You know that kind of thing. It's, it's like I can see some of some of those those changes as well. Yeah, and um, you know, so so yeah, it, these are things we made up, and people act like they're the uh, they actually, have to feel like they're reacting a little bit like these are religions, and they're not religions. No, um, you know, we should we should basically be finding people to to put into office who make policy decisions the best policy decisions they can, you know, based on the problems that they have to overcome. Exactly, not act like they're in tr- not act like they're priests of a religion that they have to you know enforce and that everyone has to believe. It's like no. That's
0: <laughs> that's another thing that I find very interesting is that how. We, we do this. We we create these structures, uh, and, and it, whatever structure it is, it was our imagination. I mean, you know, one God was a new concept um, a thousand years ago. Yeah, uh,
1: even even oh, even there was even a point where a male God was a new concept. Exactly. You
0: know, like, mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the pagan gods—they were new at one time. Uh, it, it, it's, <laughs> it's a way we contr- we think we are faced with stuff called nature, and we create these things because of a, w- a way to make sense of hurricanes and tornadoes and volcanoes and 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 famines and. All the stuff that humans have to deal with so in order to deal with it back in the pagan days it was the gods the different gods you had to placate all the different gods and today it's because you're a sinner and this is what you' this is what happens because you're a sinner it's it's the same thing it's all the same concept that's what's really weird <laughs> anyway, that's
1: that's one of our strengths it's like it's a two-edged sword, I guess, is one way to put it, but that's one of our strengths that we can imaginatively try to figure out how to bring meaning to, uh, essentially, a, a hostile universe, which really doesn't care whether we're here or not.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: <laughs> you know, we, we try to bring sense to the, you know, how do you bring sense to the idea that, that, you know, your parents get sick and old and die? How do you bring sense to the idea that a child, you know, dies early in their life? How How do you bring sense to the idea that there's a natural catastrophe or a flood that wipes out you know many many innocent people it's like you you do that imaginatively um if you don't have if you don't have science and you don't have tools yet you basically have to come up with some way to explain that and we'll always be doing that because that's that's how our brains function Mm -hmm. um we just have to reach a point where we realize that that to a degree that at least we have a sense that that's what's happening and that um we can't just classify people and then dehumanize them and and then think we're solving problems by either excluding them from our community or or act doing actual harm to them that that is where we have to get to
0: that's um, right
1: you know people people can believe all the sorts of things they want to believe yeah. as long as you can get to that point it's you know it's like no you're not solving any problems by by harming anyone or you're not solving any problems by excluding anyone or or um, you know doing doing bad to them you're you're you know, you're you're just participating in in an ancient uh, uh, mine structure that doesn't have a use now.
0: It's interesting because we're finding out so much. Uh, Archaeologists have been finding about ancients uh, I mean, they're finding some incredible discoveries in Great Britain, in China, in Egypt. We're learning about our own origins. And then, on the flip side what the astronomers are finding about space, the things w- that they can see now, the things that they can do now, uh, where we come from is getting to be closer and closer. We're c- coming to understand it more and more. That is what we should be excited about.
1: <laughs> well, I'm definitely excited about it. <laughs> It's just a question of how do you get the entire culture to, to be excited about it. Oftentimes what you... What's really there, what takes work to understand, that's not as attractive or engaging as uh, an easy conspiracy that you know, can, can point the finger at a bad guy that you, know, you can then get all, all mad and upset about or something. It's, it's like the science is hard work. The archaeology is hard work. Understanding, understanding math and computers is hard work. Understanding spaceflight is hard work. It's like that takes a life. Those things take lifetimes to, to really understand what's going on there and to, to understand things saying I think the earth
0: is flat not so much hard work no not hard work at all <laughs> but it's really interesting that some of the discoveries that they're making uh, in both the, uh, the both two of my passion fields okay space and archaeology are both things I'm really passionate about and when I watch stuff or read stuff about space and what we're finding out about how stru- uh, structure of just our solar system came into to be that's fascinating I'm much more interested in that than any of the fairy stories that these people are throwing out there
1: <laughs> uh, well I'll, I'll recommend a good book for you then just uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Katie Mack she's an, uh, like an astrophysical um, look up look up her work she just put out a book last year I believe it's called How It All Ends and it's about you know how the universe will eventually, you know, come to a, come to an end in terms of physics, and um, it's it's both fascinating and funny. Um, cool. So I, I would recommend that.
0: I I've gotten to the point when I watch the astrology shows on Science and Discovery that I know the uh, astronomers and archaeologists' names. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, good. There's Scott. Oh, good. There's now, Oh, good. There's Frank. There's what? Joe. <laughs> Cause I know everybody's first name. And they, I, just, I could be in the kitchen making myself a snack and hearing one of them. And say, oh, there's Michelle. I can hear her. I know their voices now. <laughs> oh, that's great.
1: And that's, that's kind of what we're we're doing with, with Dreamforge. I, in addition to the stories we publish, which are, you know, fantasy and science fiction, um, I try to do what I call a little column called Hope Notes, and it often just goes into some of those things, um, just things that, you know, people don't realize or they, um, that are a, a little bit of just that, that hopeful science or, or interesting uh, event or something, you know, that kind of thing. So just to let people know the world isn't necessarily falling apart.
0: You yeah. Yeah.
1: And then uh, what we're what we're going to do this year um, is not only myself writing about writing, but we're going to have authors like Wolf Moon, who I believe you've, you've interviewed, and uh, Jane Linsgold my friend. They're they're going to be helping us write articles on writing, and um, they're going to be helping um, uh, you know helping us with, with some of the webinars. We're going to be doing webinars as well, and uh, in, inviting people in to talk about stories. So so that just other things we're doing that contribute to our theme of not only a better world but but writers we love writers and we want to we want to see if we can help them
0: talking about Wolf you are a Writers of the Future award winner yourself Um, what story did you write when was it what book is it in gives all that good gooey detail
1: oh yes that was actually a big turning point in my life I was in uh, L. Ron Hubbard presents Writers of the Future volume 6 that was way back in 1990 and um, my story in there was called "Riches Like Dust," which was an early nanotech story. So that was, you know, really groundbreaking at, at the time. But um, that was a turning point in my life because I was working in transportation at the time. So I was I was basically making bus schedules and and managing bus routes and that sort of thing. And and when that came out that's actually what led to my career in computer gaming, because there was a small computer game company, it wasn't called Greenport Jet, uh, it was called Event Horizon, I think, at that time, and, um, they needed, they needed a writer, and they looked in the local papers, and they said, hey, if here's this guy who just won this award, go talk to him, so, so um, they came and talked to me and they said, would you like to get involved in this new world of computer games, and it's like, what's that? Um, <laughs> uh, so, well, we need you to write stuff. Um, you know, character interactions, novellas, uh, manuals, anything. Just we we need somebody who can actually put English down on on paper. And I said that that sounds like a wonderful adventure. And so, of course, that led me into much more creative fields. I was able to do that for almost a decade. Um, it led me to more uh, publications of short stories and that sort of thing. I'll just read *Tomorrow* magazine and. Now I've had some zombie stories in Eden Press's anthology and uh, trilogy on zombies and uh, various small press markets. And, and the big thing that was a real turning point in my life is because I went into computer games, that's where I met my wife. Yeah. I like could late, like later throw away her... Uh, um, to throw away her flower pot
0: which was the biggest fight you've ever had <laughs> <laughs> and it's all because of the Writers of the Future uh, it's
1: all because of Writers of the Future that
0: she threw away the flower pot it's their fault <laughs> absolutely <laughs> um, if uh, you, if you want to go and be in the Writers of the Future contest they're in quarters um, do you know when the next quarter is got
1: I do not. I do know that their website is www.writersofthefuture.com, and it is a wonderful opportunity for any, for any writers uh, to to get in there. It's like they have the ability to look at and, and pull out some of the, the best of, of new writers and, and give them a real platform to to be seen and, and to, to start their career. So, um, you know, go to writersofthefuture.com and, and um, check into that, and come to uh, dreamforgemagazine.com because we're doing Dreamforge Anvil and we'll help you write better stories for writers of the future
0: hey i all hooks up (laughs) Um, do you have uh, do you have a uh, latest edition of the magazine do you have any books for yourself coming out or is there any other projects you want the audience to know about
1: uh, yes, we're going to, Dreamforge Anvil, just to, to get into that for a second, is going to have six issues this year. They're just small online issues, but what we're going to try to do is combine them into uh, print issues of Dreamforge Magazine, so maybe we'll do like three Dreamforge Anvil issues, combine those stories into a Dreamforge Magazine, which will be available on Kindle, print-on-demand. That's our that's kind of our plan. Um, our first issue of Dreamforge Anvil is actually online now, um, and if you go to Dreamforge Magazine, you can find your way there. We have a little reader's portal, you kind of sign into it and, and that sort of thing if you, if you subscribe and we have some free stuff as well um, and another thing we're doing this year which is coming out in May is, is actually an anthology of stories um, I love this this whole idea because it's small press small publishers working together we work cooperatively with Angela Rico Smith over at Space and Time Magazine um, that's actually the oldest semi-pro magazine still running they've been around since like 1966 and you, when you subscribe to us you can actually see, get digital copies of Space and Time online and when you subscribe to Space and Time you can get digital copies of Dreamforge so so we worked collaboratively like that and then the two of us teamed up with Rick Lewis at Uproar Book and he loved what we were doing so much that he decided to do an anthology combining Space and Time and Dreamforge stories so he basically said send me your best um, and we called that anthology Worlds of Light and Darkness and it's coming out in May this year and Rick was so happy with the quality of what he was seeing that um, uh, uh, he, he told us, put volume one on the cover, because I see this as something that, that is likely to continue. So we have 20 of our best stories in World of Light and Darkness coming out this May. It's already available for pre-order, so if you go on Amazon and, and a lot of the other places where pre-orders are available, you can you can pre-order that now. And also, uh, you can get it through our Kickstarter. with here at DreamForge, we're doing our annual Kickstarter uh, until May twenty, March 21st, excuse me, um, until March 21st to, you know, help fund buying stories this year, and that's one of the places you can get World of Light and Darkness, because it's one of our uh, uh, rewards that, that you can get in our Kickstarter.
0: I think that's great. I think that's really fantastic that you guys are all working together to help writers. That's a super thing.
1: Yeah, and it's fun, too. It's, it's basically just the idea of working again it goes with our theme doesn't it? it's like it's like trying to communicate with people and work in communities to get things done and and out you know out. i think the science fiction and fantasy communities in general have just have wonderful communities that that, that tend to bring people together and i'm from the business world so you know in, in my world the idea of looking at space and time i might look at them and say well that's my competitor or i might look at up for a book and say that's my competitor but that's not what we're doing we're, we're basically saying how do we bring the best of what we have together and, and, and put it out there for, for people to
0: enjoy. Oh, that's really great. Do you have any stories that are coming out in either your, um, your magazine or in somebody else's publication?
1: Well, um, I, do, I have over, over the last couple of years put a couple of stories into DreamWorks, but what I'm doing new this year is I have, uh, it's actually a project that's been ongoing for more than a decade, I wrote a 200,000 word novel called the Sovereign Ice, which is about uh, uh, future ice age and how um, as, as civilization grows, you know, recovers in that after that ice age, um, they use um, uh, magic based on technology and, and that sort of thing. It's just a, a big rollicking adventure over a huge span of, of, of stuff there, and I'm essentially adding that to Dreamforge Anvil. So in addition to uh, the stories from other people. So we're serializing that this year. Uh, and then when we're done serializing it, we'll, we'll put it together as an e-book and make it available you know, as an ebook probably on, on, on Amazon. So so that's my big project for this year.
0: That's great. Um, Does your uh, wife have anything that anybody should, any art projects or anything that's coming? She's
1: going to be quite busy just trying to help illustrate. research. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's her art, her main art project but, but she does love that it, it, it gives her a creative escape her day job is basically um, graphic design and web design and, and that sort of thing which which uh, she loves but making you know a brochure design or making a web design or you know that sort of thing it's not quite the same as trying to illustrate a story and she really she really does love that idea of bringing images together and concepts together to to help, you know, sell the story. She 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 loves that. So, so that's her project.
0: Great. Um, we're coming to the end. Uh, do you have a website and uh, what social media are you on?
1: Ah, we are on. Uh, it's our social media. We're, we, we are on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. I Think we might be on Pinterest. Uh, I take care of Facebook and Twitter, and my wife takes care of, of the other social media. And our website is dreamforgemagazine.com, and you can catch up really with everything there, and it will kind of lead you off into the, the different things we're doing with the, the anthology and with um, Space and Time and, and uh, you know, the Kickstarter and, and all those kinds of things. And I should also say, right now, um, until March 13th, we're open for submissions, so we're, we're now getting uh, stories in that we're going to be reviewing for our Dreamforge Annual this year. Great.
0: Great. Um. Oh, uh, for the uh, social media, what is your how how do they find you? What's your name on there?
1: You'd think I'd know that and be prepared, wouldn't you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> because I don't know, because some people have one name, some people have a name for each each and every one. So I always ask. <laughs> I
1: I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my best shot. I think Twitter is like at Mag and I think Facebook is, let me see here, if I actually have that handy. Facebook is actually facebook.com slash Magazine.
0: Okay. okay. No idea for Instagram or Pinterest or any of that, huh? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> okay. Is it on your website? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Should, that
1: should be linked on my website. That's a very good answer. <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, Trying to help. Um, We've come to the end. I want to thank you for taking the time to chat with me, Scott.
1: Oh, it was a wonderful conversation. Thank you very much, Sherry.
0: Thank you. And thank you for chatting with Sherry.